Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I want to talk a little bit tonight, minister to you a little bit tonight, on the voice of the Word of God in your life and in your heart. You know, if you're conscious, (laughs) if you're conscious... It's amazing, one of the signs of consciousness is the continual flow of information through your mind. Whether it be conscious information or unconscious information. They say there is some 800 different bodily functions that your body does without you even thinking about it. Things to do with your eyes, your breathing, your heart, digestion, you know, and your body just, it's just automatically doing it, but it's doing it by the transfer of information from your brain to the particular organ in which the function is, is being carried out. Amen? Then you're always, your mind is always, should always be in gear. I mean, you know, before you step out into the street, you look both ways. Uh, I mean, you get in your car, you, you drive down the right side of the road, you do, you know, you try to, try to stay within the speed limit. There's always this constant flow of information. And, and, and you know, if you're at your job, you're, you're focused on what you're doing. You're, you know, a contractor or, or somebody working in the medical, medical profession or a secretary, whatever you're doing, you've got to concentrate on it. That information is flowing through your mind and maybe flowing on a screen. You know, it's always there. It's always there. But you know, the voice of the Word of God, if you will be a student of the Word, and as we've said all along, all during the years, meditate upon the Word, read the Word, uh, have the Word preached and taught to you, uh, memorize the Word, confess the Word, it's amazing how the Word of God will dominate your thinking. And what I've noticed over the years as I've developed in the Word of God is this. Especially when you're fixing to make a mistake. And the Spirit of God will enlighten you with a word that will come out of your spirit and hit you in your mind in the form of a thought. And you'll know either to do or not to do something based upon the word. How many have ever experienced that? That's an awesome thing. That's the word being in charge of your mind. Amen. Now, here in Mark, let me find it here. I've got a couple of scriptures I want to read before I start teaching on this. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4. Let me make sure this is the right one. Yeah, Mark chapter 4. Just, just for sake of our teaching tonight, uh, verse 23, it says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. With what measure you meet, oh, excuse me, let me read it again. Verse 23, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24, and he said unto them, take heed, now notice this, what you hear. Everybody say, what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. Now let me read that again. He said unto them, take heed. Or be careful. Well, I wonder what it says in the Amplified. 24. Let me go to the Amplified real quick. It says, He said unto them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you 
and more besides will be given to what you hear. Now, notice the first part. Be careful what you hear. Now, I experienced this the other night. Lee and I went, were in Grosbeck, Texas this weekend. We went up there and ministered and fellowshiped with the uh, pastors Randy and Linda Ayers. Had a wonderful time with them, wonderful services. And uh, Saturday night we got uh, uh, into our hotel room. We went out to, to dinner with them, got into our hotel room, got settled in. And I turned on the TV and they had, I think, five uh, channels of, quote, religious broadcasting. So I was going through them and, you know, recognized several of the guys that were teaching and preaching, guys and gals that were teaching and preaching. And uh, literally, I stopped on the Mormon channel. And I started listening to a Mormon prophet teaching. And I listened for about three minutes, and this scripture jumped up in my spirit. Be careful what you hear. I turned him off. Now, I was doing it just for the sake of, you know, wanting to hear, wanting to, you know, what are these guys talking about in this day and hour? And, and what he was saying was making a lot of sense. What he was saying, you know, sounded so good. What he was saying, you know, uh, you could get up and you could probably say it anywhere and not be identified with that cult. It wasn't like, you know, he was bringing out some great truth of that cult. But listen, it's what you hear. You've got to be careful what you hear. Amen. That's, that's kind of like with what's going on in the, uh, 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 in the political scene right now. That if you wanted to, you could sit in front of your television set all day long and just and, and listen and listen and listen. But I'm going to tell you what it's going to do to you. It's going to jade you. You're going to be jaded. You say, now what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, you're called to love everybody. Now, I... I, I, I uh, I don't approve of the lifestyle of Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, you know, I believe that uh, sin is sin, no matter what it is. But they showed a picture of her uh, watching the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy football game with George and Laura Bush. How many saw that? And I'm telling you, people went absolutely crazy on both sides. They got more negative input. I mean, how could you sit with that? How could you sit with that lesbian woman? How could you sit with that conservative Republican? How, I mean, on both sides. And you know what was so neat is that is, is that Ellen DeGeneres, what she said was right. Her response was, "Well, you know, I have all kinds of friends of all different kinds of beliefs, but I think we're all called to love each other." Now, how come we have to hear that from her? I said, why do we got to hear that from her? I mean, I'm glad we did. I'm glad she believes that way. I trust one day she'll find Jesus as her Lord and Savior because she actually believes that way. But the recoil against those two people sitting together of such different beliefs caused all this negative garbage to just fly. Listen, you got to be careful what you hear because there's so much out there. Now, let me just say this. Be very careful what you hear when it comes to the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. There is so much out there. And listen, you don't have to turn it to a Mormon channel to get some junk. Amen. 
I mean, a long time ago, I turned off all them guys with the, you know, the, 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 the $28.50 miracle and the $50 for 50 miracles. and all. I turned all that off. I mean, that's just, come on, church. I mean, you ought to have more sense than that. You ought to be able to tell when you're being scammed. Amen. But now, but there is what I like to call correct voices and correct information proclaiming correct messages. So you got to be careful what you hear and you got to make sure you're hearing the right thing. Now, notice what it says. It says, with the measure that you meet it, it shall be measured unto you and you that hear, you shall be given more. That means if you choose to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying by the Word of God, then you're going to be subject to hear more and more and more and more and more of it. But if you ever shut down your hearing and refuse to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, you're not going to get any more. And I want more. How many want more? I need more. How many need more? So everybody say, everybody say be careful. What you hear. Say, I'll be careful what I hear. Amen. Now, let's go to the next scripture real quick. Go over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Now, the first scripture was what you hear. Now, this is different. Verse 18, take heed therefore... How you hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Now it's almost the same thing as what you hear as it is how you hear. So you've got to be careful what you hear and how you hear it. Amen? Now I always, I always refer back to the, uh, the great trauma of my life when I was in the second grade when, uh, when my, my second grade teacher told me to cut the lights off and on. And as far as I'm concerned, she told me to cut the lights off and on. So I, in being an obedient student, I reached up and I cut the lights off and on. Which got me all kinds of trouble. I got pops from her, pops from my dad, pops from my mom, and just all kinds of misery, and I'm innocent in the whole thing. <laughs> but I was not careful how I heard. Because what she did in standing in the door as we lined up to go to lunch, she was looking down the hall and saying to the teacher next to her, look at all those uh, disruptive children down the hall. And then she turned and looked down her light, line and said, turning the lights off and on. Well, I didn't hear the first part. I just heard the second part. Amen. So I got traumatized because of how I heard it. Now, listen. You can, listen, you can have a bad day. You can have a bad day. I mean, you can get docked on your pay. You can be cut back on your hours. And you come into church, and all of a sudden, I teach on prosperity that night. And the thrust of my prosperity teaching is tithing and offering and giving. And you're thinking, hey, what's he talking about tithe? Man, I'll tell you what, I lost money today. I, I, cut, I, I cut back my hours. They reduced my... See, you've got to be careful how you hear things. Amen? That's why you ought to make sure to come to church in the right way. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, that's why we come in separate cars. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> Amen? You say, why? Because I want to come the right way. 
we do that because I drive and pray for an hour before I come to services. So that's, that's I'll explain it to them. It's not because you're hard to ride with. <laughs> be careful how you hear it, amen? You be careful how you hear it. So Jesus, now this is all Jesus speaking. He's saying, be careful what you hear and how you hear it. Now how you hear things many times are determined by the situation or circumstance that you're going through. Listen, if you're not going through any uh, sickness or disease, if there's no attack against your body, if you're fine, you may be a little more apathetic or complacent toward teaching on healing. Which means you may ought to turn your focus up a little bit, especially when you're good and healthy and develop a strong healing confession so that you may avoid the next sickness or disease the enemy has planned to try to attack you with. Amen. We're going to take our flu shots on, on a Sunday, as we do every year. And we do that by confessing the Word of God. But see, you could be sitting there and you could be thinking, well, why are these people saying all these scriptures? Ain't nobody in here got the flu. Well, we're doing something in preparation of standing against anything that would come against us. Everybody say, be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear it. Now, go over to, since you're there, go to chapter 24. This is an unusual, I found this unusual when I was studying the Bible years ago. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. This is going to be in chapter 24 of Luke. After Jesus rose from the dead and he had been in ministry for three and a half years and he had said a lot, more than we have recorded and he had done a lot, more than we have recorded. Uh, the apostle John said in his gospel that he wrote if the things which Jesus said and did were recorded in books, the world itself could not hold them. So he must have said a lot and did a lot. But still, after he was, was crucified, and even after he was risen from the dead, and the reports of different ones begin to come to the apostles, hey, we've seen him. He's risen from the dead. Hey, man, he's, he's not in the tomb. The stone is rolled away. They didn't believe it. I mean, they, they doubted it. Now, much of his teaching and many of the things, if you'll go study the Gospels with a little bit of a, you know, sometimes I like to study the Gospels with a purpose, not just to read through them, but to say, you know, I want to make sure and, and give attention to all the healing miracles, or I want to make sure and, and pay all attention to, to what Jesus said to the Pharisees, or I want to pay attention to, you know, what Jesus uh, said to just his disciples. Well, many times when he was just with his disciples, his disciples only, very private private interaction with him, he would talk about his death, burial, and resurrection. He would say things to him like, you know, as Jonah was in the belly of the well, three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. They were walking together by the temple one day, and they were talking about how beautiful the temple was. And he said this, he said, well, you know, the temple's going to be destroyed, but it's going to be raised up in three days. He wasn't talking about that temple, he's talking about the temple of his body. Amen? So in those types of settings, they got the information. They were listening, but they did not take it on to the next level. Now, notice what it says here. Let's, let's begin in verse 44. 
He says, and he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now listen, listen. Not only did they have the personal witness of what Jesus was saying to them, but they also had the witness of everything the prophets had written and everything that was in the Psalms. Are you with me? Now notice, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Everything he went through, even the, even the graphic depiction or the graphic picture of his death upon the cross was recorded in the prophets and in the Psalms. Amen? That's what Psalms 22 is all about is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they, they really don't have an excuse. But now notice what it says. Verse, verse 45 says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Everybody say the voice of the Word. Say the voice of the Word. The Bible says, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Now, I wrote this down. To hear is to have an understanding of the Word. You believe, you confess, and act upon what you believe in your heart, and that understanding carries much more power than a soulish explanation. Now, everybody say, listen. Now, it starts with listening. If you're not listening, you're never going to hear. Amen? I think that was the biggest accusation made against me when I was a kid growing up in school is, you're not listening. You're just not listening. I'd go home. My dad would tell me. My mom would tell me. You're not listening. I remember one day, the only time they ever threw me a birthday party, I got four failing slips that day. <laughs> so I come home to a birthday party with four failing slips. You're not listening. Amen? Well, you know, the truth be known, I wasn't listening. I was distracted. I was a distracted young man. <laughs> Things distracted me. Amen? <laughs> Let me say it like this. I wasn't interested. Have you ever had to sit in a subject where you just weren't interested? I remember going into my ninth grade math class in which they were adding letters to numbers. <laughs> Amen? And I had partaken of some, you know, some strange flowers that had been growing around, you know. <laughs> and it made no sense to me whatsoever, and I totally disconnected from that class. I did not listen. Now, many times there is a tremendous competition for your attention in a service. That's why we have... Did you know that the ministry of music is not even mentioned in the New, New Covenant, in the New Testament? Did you know that? It's actually what we would call the ministry of helps. But over the years, people that teach and preach the Word of God 
have found that if you can get a group of people to praise and worship God before you teach the Word, that it's much more conducive to them listening. It helps them desensitize themselves from the day and the week and the month and what they're going through. And it helps them to begin to connect with the Word of God. Now, you can overdo it. And you can sing the wrong songs. That's why we're careful to, uh, to sing the right ones. I, I think we have tremendous praise and worship around here. I ought to get a better amen than that. Amen. amen. And I, I think we have praise and worship that helps you focus so that you can listen and not be distracted. But you've got to listen. You've got to fight many times not to be distracted. Because while you're sitting there trying to comprehend what the Word of God is saying, you have an adversary that's running thoughts, that's running information, and much of it may seem benign to you, but it may just be the distraction the enemy needs to get you off of the focus of listening to the Word of God. Because you'll never hear if you don't listen. I believe it's over in Luke somewhere where it talked about uh, the people came to hear and be healed. I, I know, I don't even have to you know, try to reference it in some scripture. I know that Jesus was probably the most prolific speaker of the word that ever walked on the planet because he was the word. And even the scribes and Pharisees and people that were against him said, we've never heard anybody speak like this or teach like this because he speaks as one that has authority. Everybody say authority. So when the Word of God is being taught, you must understand that there's going to be a competition for your attention. I mean, just like, just like I remember as a kid growing up, what were there? There were five, you know, in a metropolitan city like Houston, there were five television stations. There was the ABC, Channel 13. There was the NBC, Channel 2. There was the CBS, Channel 11. Then there was Channel 26 and Channel 39. And that was it. That was it. I mean, that was it. So you really didn't have but five choices. And after midnight, you didn't have any choices. They played the Star Spangled Banner and everybody went to bed. Amen. <laughs> but now, you can, man, you got more stuff on TV. You got more stuff on the internet. Why, well, you can get on your phone and get lost. There is competition for your attention and competition for your hearing and listening. So you've got a purpose in your own heart. That's why a lot of people, that's why I'm really not big on gimmick ministry. You know, we don't have any clowns and we don't have people riding up and down the aisles on a, I don't do illustrated sermons. We had a church one time and they were going to have a lion the next week. A lion was going to come as they were going to interact and, or, or, or do a drama of Daniel in the lion's den. So I made the statement, because they had a big poster up in the fort. I made the statement. I said, well, we'll find out who, who doesn't have any faith because the person that the, when the lion jumps off the platform and grabs somebody, we'll know that person doesn't have any faith. Well, I should have never said that. Because when they brought in the lion, it jumped off the platform and grabbed the pastor's wife. <laughs> Wonder who was listening. I hadn't been back to that church either. <laughs> Somebody was listening, amen. But you know, back in the 90s, there was a lot of gimmick ministry. You know, there was a lot of people uh, uh, blowing up things and, 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 you know, strong guys doing all kinds. Well, you know, the problem with that was is they put so much effort into it and got nothing out of it. Nothing. 
I mean, I, I used to go behind some of those ministries and they would leave, leave churches so decimated, decimated financially. I knew one, one church that had, had them twice and had over 6,000 cards of people that had gotten saved during that ministry and not one person joined the church. Because what you get them with, you've got to keep them with. So that's why we just teach the Word, teach the Word. I think the Holy Ghost can produce enough fireworks for us. Amen. Enough manifestations of the Spirit. But really the only thing that's going to get you over is not a juggler or somebody, you know, doing something funny. You've got to have the Word. So you're going to have to make a decision. When I go to church, I'm going to listen. And one of the best ways to listen is to tell yourself you're going to do it. You know, when I go to church, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to what the preacher's saying. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to wonder what's going on in the, you know, the sports world or the entertainment world or the political world. I'm going to go and I'm going to listen to what the Word of God has to say because I realize it's not just the preacher preaching. It's God talking to me. Amen. Amen. Now, the voice of understanding, it says, then opened he their understanding that, he, that they might understand the Scripture. It didn't say, now he explained everything to them. It said, no, he opened their understanding. You know, the great prayer we pray in Ephesians chapter 1 is what? That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Amen. Now, if you'll listen, you'll hear. If you hear, understanding will come. Now, let me say that again. If you listen, you will hear. If you hear, understanding will come. If you listen, you will hear. If you hear, understanding will come. And based upon your understanding, that's what you're going to confess and act on. That's where your faith is. That's why the enemy doesn't want you having any understanding in your life. Now, the natural mind demands an explanation. But we still, in the human experience... Do a lot of things by understanding. How many used your phone today? How many have an explanation of how that thing really works? Now, there might be somebody in here that's smarter than the rest of us, amen, that can explain exactly how a cell phone works. We know a signal comes and all that kind of stuff. But I saw a deal one time that said, and this was a couple of years ago, that said the modern cell phone has more technology in it than the technology that took us to the moon. I thought, my goodness, just give me a phone. Don't try to explain it to me. I won't get it. I'm really not willing to listen that much, amen? But that doesn't stop you from using it. That does not, that does not stop you from enjoying the benefits of a cell phone just because you cannot explain how that cell phone works. The same way with your vehicle. I used to go work on my cars. I remember those days, change your oil, you know, I remember one time I replaced a water pump. I replaced a fuel pump. I changed my spark plugs. I did all of that. I can't do that no more. I open the hood and go, oh, man. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. But that doesn't stop me from getting in. And, you know, I still got one you put the key in. Leah's got one with a with button, which, you know, you've got to have understanding of how that works. When the Bellas was still open, the Italian, local Italian cafe, the first car we had that had a button on it, you know, that you started it with a button. Well, I pulled up there, let her out. I went down the road and got about a block, and the car went, and I'm like, this piece of junk. I mean, we just bought this thing. What is this? She had the little in her purse. So I had to leave the car in the middle of the street with the flashers on, go into the Bellas and find her, get the little deal, push the button, park the car, Push it again to cut it off. Wish I'd have listened. <laughs> Amen? 
I didn't listen. You say, what do you mean didn't listen? I didn't seek the information because it was in the manual. And if you don't read the manual, you don't get the, get the information. So I didn't have an understanding of how that worked. So you have to learn to listen. You have to learn to understand. And there must be an element of comprehension. That means you give attention to it. That's what it says over in Proverbs chapter 4. My son, attend unto my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. For it is life if you'll find it. And what? Health to all your flesh. Just the Word of God can you? I heard a testimony the other day uh, uh, up at Rhema. They have a healing school where you can go and sit in a healing class every day. And they just teach on healing. And they had a young man who was a lawyer and whose mother was a supporter of the ministry and knew that they had a healing uh, 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 class going on. And he wasn't even saved. Wasn't even saved. And he went to healing school, went to healing school, was diagnosed with one of the deadliest, fastest growing cancers you can have. They actually gave him like two months to live. So his mother said, you don't have anything to lose. If you want to live, let's go. We'll, we'll go to Ramah. We'll check into a hotel room and we'll go to healing school every day. So they went to healing school. Well, after two days, he got born again. At the end of the week, they were going to stay two weeks. At the end of the first week, he said, let's go home. Nobody had laid hands on him. Nobody had ministered to him. There had been no gifts of the Spirit. He said, let's go home. His mother said, why? She said, he said, I'm healed. He, she said, how do you know you're healed? He said, because the man said, God said, by his stripes, I'm healed. Well, if he's really God, then I'm really healed. Went home, went back to the doctor, couldn't find any cancer in him whatsoever. So he listened he had understanding. There was comprehension there. He confessed it and acted on it and got what he was believing for. Amen. Amen. See, the enemy's always trying to usurp that process. Now, you've got to understand, this process is going on all the time in our lives. Amen. Now, listen to it. We listen, we understand, we comprehend, we hear, we assimilate, and we act upon. Now, I'm going to do this again next week so you don't have to try and get all at one time. We listen. Everybody say listen. Listen. Listening is what? It's using the information gates that God's given you. Amen. You're allowing the information to come in, and then all of a sudden you you have understanding. You comprehend. That understanding comes. You hear. Everybody say hear. Now you say, Pastor, how do I know the difference of what I'm listening to and what I'm hearing? What you hear, you act upon. What you hear, you say. You can always, uh, how, how would you say it? You can always gauge what you're hearing by your constant confession. Amen. 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 A lot of times when I pray here in the church, that's why you ought to come to corporate prayer. When I pray, I pray the word. I pray the, I pray the, pray the confessions that I make. Sometimes I make them two or three times a day. But I always use it in prayer. Praying the word. Praying the word over the word, praying the word over our physical bodies, praying the word over prosperity, praying the word over redemption, praying redemptive prayers. You say, why do you do that? I do that here at Island Church as an example to you. What you're hearing or what you're listening to me do is to recite what I hear. Now let me say that again. What you're listening to me do is to speak. You're, you're, you're hearing the end of my process. 
in which I have listened, I've comprehended, I've understood, I've heard, I've assimilated, and I'm speaking it out. I'm acting upon it. Now, with the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the healing scriptures, you say, what, do you, what about healing? Well, if symptoms come against me, I rebuke them. If they're major symptoms, I pray about a path of healing, whether I need to go to the doctor, whatever I need to do. Amen. And then I act like I'm healed. You say, is that easy? easy. Sometimes it's not. With prosperity, I constantly tithe, offer, give, do my best to be generous everywhere I go. The other day I was walking out of the... I have a convenience store ministry. <laughs> I do. I got the little, the little family up here at, at Chevron. They're from Nepal. And so I've been ministering to them, talking to them, you know. And, and, uh, and I was, I'd been in there and, and had gotten something to drink, was walking out. And two guys were sitting there. And I just happened to have a $20 bill in my back pocket. And I wasn't about to give them $20. You know, that's my $20 bill. Well, I'd hit it from Leah for months, you know. <laughs> and about the time I put my hand on my truck, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, you go back there and you give that. He showed me the one guy. He said, you give it to that guy sitting by that bicycle. Not the other guy, the guy sitting by the bicycle. And you tell him, you tell him that you're, you can get off the street. You tell him you can change your life. You tell him how your life was changed. I mean, just strong. I got that $20 bill. I went over there. I folded it up. He looked up at me. I went like this, and he kept looking at me. And I started saying to him, you can get off the street. He looked at me. I said, you can get off the street. I said, Jesus loves you. You can get off the street. You don't have to live like this. You don't have to live in bondage. You can get off the street. And God just spoke to me and told me to give you $20 to tell you and exhort you, get off the street. He looked up. He said this. He said, that's amazing. He reached out and he took the money. He said, just today, I was walking down the alley of Walmart, between the Walmart and the fence, and the guy asked me if I wanted a job. I think I'm going to go back over there and tell him I do. See, I didn't know that guy had said that. Amen. So you've got to be willing to do what? If you're willing to listen, comprehend, understand, hear, and assimilate and act upon, then God is much more apt to speak to you because constantly His Word is flowing through your soul so that all He has to do is touch something in you in order to get what He wants to do done. Amen? Amen? I mean, I had no intention of giving that guy that money. Amen. I'll I tell you another one. I was up here on the, my other, one of my other convenience store ministries, 45th and Seawall. You know, that, see that, 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 that poor little man there, uh, uh, four years ago, five years ago, uh, someone robbed his store and shot his oldest son, killed him. And so he has a lot of sorrow in his heart. I call him boss. Every time he sees me, how you doing? I say, how you doing, boss? And every time I, I, I go there, many times I've gone there, it's been when he's been unloading his car and bringing merchandise into his store. So I help him do that. And I was coming out, and a guy walked up to me, and he said, hey, man, he said, listen. I, I, he, the first thing he said was this, I'm not a bum. He said, I, 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 I got stuck here on this island. I can't seem to get off. I don't know what to do. And he was just, and I, I thought, well, I, there's nothing I can do for you, man. I, uh, he said, can you, can you give me a place to stay? 
He said, if I can get a place to stay where there's a phone, I think I can get off this island. I said, and man, the look on his face was just, just terrible. He, you could tell he was in great anguish. And so I went in and was interacting with the, with the people there in the store that I know. And I walked out, and the Lord spoke to me and said, go give him $50. Oh, that's another $50 I get in life. <laughs> to hide better after this meeting, amen. I mean, some more hiding places. And so I, uh, he, would, he had already left and was walking up the seawall. It was fixing to cross over 45th Street. So I whipped around in my truck, pulled up there, honked the horn, and he came over there, and I rolled down the window. I said, you know, the Lord spoke to me to give you this $50. You know what he said? Thank God I'd been praying that God would answer my prayer. Amen. Amen? Now, that's because the Word is running constantly. Now, don't get me wrong. You would think, oh, yeah, well, that's so great. You know, you're a pastor. You're... It's only done by effort. There's a lot of times where I've missed it and not done it, or I've heard it and overridden it and had to ask for forgiveness and another chance. But the point I'm trying to make is, if you can hear the voice of the Word, whose voice are you hearing? You're hearing the voice of God. And one of the best ways to develop your own spirit and soul to hear the voice of God is to hear the voice of the Word. And you can't hear anything you're not familiar with. That's why you've got to give such attention to the Word. That's why you've got to read the Word. You've got to study the Word. You've got to memorize the Word. You've got to have the Word taught to you. You have to speak the Word. You say, well, the way you act, Pastor Russ, it's all, all it's about is the Word. Yeah, but it's, it brings such comfort, such joy, such deliverance, and many times you have an answer right when you ask for it. Amen? And in crises, I mean, that, I remember several years ago when Leah... I don't know what attacked her body. We were coming home from an outreach at uh, the beach. And I'm telling you, we were on our way out the door to go to the emergency room. She was in such duress. And something just said in me, worship God. Well, if I hadn't been meditating on the Word, listening to the Word, having the Word, to, I don't know if that could have got in because we were in such crisis. She was in such pain. So I sat her down. We had a love seat right there that backed up against our fireplace. And I sat her down, and I said, we're going to worship God. And I sat behind her. She lifted her hands. I lifted my hands. We started worshiping God, and the presence of God just came in. Just came right around her. All of a sudden, all the pain left. I got up. I was tired from the outreach. I got up and took a nap. Got up at 4.30, and she had dinner ready. See, in everything in life, God wants to interact or intervene in every area. In every area. And if you will learn to hear the voice of the thank God for dreams, thank God for visions, thank God for the still small voice, thank God for the voice of the Spirit, thank God for the, un, uh, uh, the, the unheard voice of righteousness. But if you can constantly, where that flow of information is constantly going through your mind, going through your mind, going through your mind, going through your mind, going through your mind. If you can begin to impart that word in there, where that word becomes a, a part of that constant flow, then two things, two things, we'll close. Number one, you'll be able to control that flow. 
A lot of people say, Pastor, if I could just cut, cut these thoughts off for a little while, I could get some peace or get some rest. You can learn to control it. You can learn to control it. You can learn to tell the devil to shut up. You can walk in your authority. You can tell the circumstance to shut up. You can say, it's time for me to lay my head down. The Word says, He gives His beloved rest. I'm accepted in the beloved. The Word says, I will lay my head down and my sleep shall be sweet. So in the name of Jesus, those scriptures going around in your mind, off you go. Amen. You don't need a sleeping pill. And then secondly, it enhances the authority that you have because God watches over his what to perform it? His word to perform it. So he will get your life and set you up in situations where you speak his word, speak his word, speak his word, and release his authority not only in your life and in your situations, but in the lives and situations of other people. And that's where it gets fun. Is when not only when you're blessed, but when you get to be a blessing to those around you. Amen? You learned something tonight? Say, Heavenly Father, I will be careful what I hear and how I hear it. And I will listen. I will hear. I will have understanding. I will speak and I will act. I will hear your word in my heart in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, we thank you tonight for the good word of God, for that what you're doing in our hearts, that what you're doing in our minds, that's what you're doing in our bodies, that what you're doing in our finances, and for that what you're doing in our church. Thank you for protection. Thank you for safety. Thank you as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, and every other way of travel and transportation. We are kept by the Word of God. For we hear in our hearts, there shall no evil befall us. No plague shall come to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Father, that your Word is preeminent in our hearts and lives. Thank you, Father. In the righteous labor of our hands, each and every one of us are protected and blessed. Lord, out in the ocean, down in the medical branches, up in the oil patch, Lord, all over the island and construction and secretaries and all the things that men and women do. Lord, in our education, our teachers, our administrators, our students, Lord God, thank you that we're not subject to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance. Thank you, Father, that as we move about in our communities, here on the island and on the mainland, Father, that we are hearing your word flow in the information corridors of our mind and heart so that we may respond, so that any moment you might speak a word to our heart and we can act and respond and be a blessing to people. So thank you, Lord, that we are a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life, an answer to their prayer. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave it tonight as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.